0: Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. WWE signs two Australian independent wrestlers, top WWE superstar reportedly dealing with a concussion. I take you through last night's impact sacrifice. I'm Jaden Becker and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TV. Last night was Impact Sacrifice, but before we get into that, let's check out our news. WWE signs two Australian independent wrestlers. Uh, top Australian wrestler Maddie Wahlberg and Steph Delander have signed with WWE for the NXT brand, according to PW Insider. Wahlberg and Delander made their wrestling debut back in 2017. Congratulations to the two. Uh, top WWE superstar reportedly dealing with a concussion. Raw Women's Champion Asuka is still out of action because she's reportedly dealing with a concussion. This came after Asuka lost a tooth taking a a stiff kick to the mouth from WWE Women's Tag Team Champion Shayna Baszler during the February 22nd Raw show. But... Along with that lost tooth, she's also suffering a concussion during that spot, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And I think you, when we all saw that kick, not only was the tooth was an issue, but her her head did shake pretty, pretty hard. So uh, a concussion there. And I, I think this even adds on to the point more for more so that as soon as Asuka can drop this belt, she is going to drop this belt. As, it, honestly, at this point, it doesn't even matter who it is. As soon as she can get rid of this Raw Women's Championship, she's going she's gonna to get rid of it because she's been holding on for too long and now she's getting hurt. So it's turning into an issue for Asuka. But moving forward and actually moving back and looking at last night's Impact Sacrifice pay per view, you could have found this on Fight TV and Impact Plus. Uh, Last night the main event of the show was Moose versus Rich Swan in a title unification match Uh, We will get to that in the second half of the show Uh, on the first half before the ad break I'm going to be able to go through all of the non title matches and then uh, in the second half of the show I will go through all of the title matches but starting off here at the top of the card decay versus Reno scum and uh, going from Rich to Moose, then not talking about Decay and Reno Scum. Obviously, a lot of dis- the differences there, but I digress. Uh, Decay in control early on. Reno Scum pick up the pace with um, a couple moves, but a misfire, and they connect with moves onto each other. Rosemary on the outside spits in the face of Luster, the legend of Reno Scum. Taurus, driver, picks up the victory for Decay. Uh, you, this was a, a weird match to open up the show with. I feel like they started the show with their... Uh, least hype match or the match that not a lot of people were excited about Usually when you have an opener, you really want to draw people in to continue watching the show. I felt like it was a constant build towards the main event, so that was one thing. But, uh, you know, you have plenty of these championship matches. And how many times on Impact Wrestling, on their Tuesday shows, do they start the show with an X-Division title match for the past few weeks or the match that we all want to see the most, like Jake something versus Diener in a a tables match? How many times have they opened the show with that on Impact? Why not open the pay-per-view with something like that as well? So for them to open the pay-per-view this way... Uh, I thought it was a little bit odd, but since uh, it progressed throughout the show as a constant build towards the main event, I can't be too mad about it, started from the bottom, headed to the top. Also, it doesn't really have to pertain with the match here, but in general, just when Matt Stryker does commentary, he continues to call pro wrestling a sport, and he continues to call it in that type of sense. I uh, at least I wouldn't say a sour taste in my mouth, but it's just it's always odd. It's always odd for me because I never view pro wrestling as a sport, even though it's very athletic. I'm never gonna deny the athletic talents of the individuals in the ring, but I, I look at it like you, you would look at uh, acting or circus la or something like that, where it definitely takes high physical skill, but it's not a sport. They're not competing in that sense, uh, obviously because it's pro wrestling. So it always bothers me when Matt Striker does that, but. Uh, he uh, does some good things to counter uh, balance that on commentary as well. Looking over at our next match, Havoc and Nevaeh versus Teneal Dashwood and Caleb with a K. Caleb made to be, uh, in this match, uh, uh, almost has like a, a fear factor here he had a lot of fear driven through his heart in the early part of the match especially when Havoc stepped into the ring uh, almost all of Caleb's offense is thwarted and he wasn't able to connect with any strikes throughout the whole match but was ex- successful in like hair pulling and he did a couple grappling moves and submission moves as well the ring cut in half forcing Havoc to stay on the apron but then once Havoc is able to get in on a hot text he's able to dominate Caleb with a K distracts the ref causing him to miss Nevaeh's pinfall. K pushes the roll up to give Dashwood the advantage and the victory. Uh, This match didn't make anyone look better in my opinion uh, and the only one that I felt like did look a little bit better in this match funny enough was Caleb with a K which shouldn't be the goal in this match especially given the fact that there's three women in the match and there's only one man and the fact that the one man that was in this match ended up looking like the strongest one. That shouldn't be the idea here. I I thought there's a perfect opportunity for a woman to get a pinfall over a man in Caleb with a K, just let Havoc pin him, let nevea pin him, whatever. That this was the perfect opportunity for that and for that not to happen here. A little disappointing, especially in making Havoc and nevea look weak. And guess you make Caleb with the K look strong, but what is Caleb with the K really gonna do going forward? Next match and this was a fun one. Violent by Design versus Chris Sabin and James Storm with Jake something ringside. I laughed because of George Joe Doring with Violent by Design, and oh, he works like the perfect big man, like the perfect giant. If you, I wouldn't say big man, but like a giant, like someone that doesn't take bumps, someone doesn't uh, go off their feet unless they really, really have to on a big, big spot, a really climactic moment. But he works like a true, true giant, and even though he might not look like the giant that we would know from WWE or something like that, but he's working in a way that a lot of people believe a big man or giant should work in pro wrestling and uh, he's doing that to the best of his ability and I just laugh because he's not touted as such but he he works his gimmick into it perfectly. Uh, Saban enters on a hot tag and looks really, really good. Uh, Doring doing a lot of the heavy work as Diener, a part of Violent by Design, cleans up all the scraps. Uh, Jake Something attacks Eric Young as Young got involved With the ref distracted. Uh, A brawl ensues. And then Rhino enters of all people. And then Rhino of all people. Once again attacks Saban. And Diener picks up the pinfall victory. So Rhino turns heel. On impact after him making his return. And giving the victory to Diener. In a sense that it wasn't really a clean victory. Uh, If the goal at the end of all this. With Violent by Design. Is to get Diener over. It's not working. Definitely not. Uh, And why Rhino of all people in that stack card is going to join Violent by Design is kind of odd. Especially given the fact how I just mentioned they already have a giant. They already have a big man in that role. So for him to enter there I feel like it's very very odd. Very very strange. And they're not doing a good job of making Diener look pretty strong at all. He actually looked pretty weak throughout this match. As Doring was doing all the heavy lifting throughout most of it. Looking at uh, the Brian Myers versus Eddie Edwards hold harmless match, which is pretty much just a no DQ match. Uh, Myers with a new and cooler eye patch, which you know wasn't like the a pirate eye patch, but more of like a, a modern day one, if you will. Uh, doesn't take long for the action to fall outside. Edwards with a nasty spot being dropped on the steel steps. Edwards getting dominated, not defending himself. And Myers brings plenty of chairs into the ring. That ends up being backfired on him as he is suplexed onto the pile of metal in the middle of the ring. Hernandez enters to help out Myers. We saw backstage before this match that Myers did pay off Hernandez a little bit. And Cardona enters on the kindness of his heart to save Eddie Edwards and attack Hernandez a backpack stunner by Edwards through a table that was set up ringside. Myers tries to connect with the roster cut clothesline with a loaded elbow pad. So that clothesline would do a little bit extra damage. That loaded piece falls out and Edwards able to grab that and put it into his knee pad. And connects with the loaded boss, the knee party. To win a pretty solid match in this one. I thought that was pretty good. Great back and forth between the two. And was a pretty, pretty strong match given the fact that I wouldn't say it was hastily made towards the back end, and I also had a, re- a weird stipulation that no one understood, but it was just an ODQ match. But I thought it came out pretty pretty well, and uh, I did like the humor that they used to build up throughout the past few weeks as well for this match. We're going to head into the break, and then we're going to get into our championship matches, so don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on March 14th, 2004, it was WrestleMania 20 from Madison Square Garden. This WrestleMania is best remembered for Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit versus Triple H and Shawn Michaels in a triple threat match. This is the earliest WrestleMania has ever been in the calendar year. As you know, this is the first time I'm mentioning WrestleMania on this Daily DDT podcast. And as we get closer and closer to WrestleMania, as we're on that road currently right now, you will hear more WrestleMania moments as well. But... WrestleMania 20, also known uh, with the Goldberg and Brock Lesnar match, with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin as the special guest referee. I believe it was Undertaker Kane for the streak match that year. And uh, there's a pretty big card, but that those were the big four matches on that one. And, uh, yeah, Madison Square Garden, you know, big uh, big pay-per-view and obviously WrestleMania. Uh, I, I laugh because looking back, I, I wish I can go to WrestleMania and Madison Square Garden. Now they barely even hold uh, any of the Raw SmackDown shows now, it's all just live event stuff, all the house shows, but still at the same time, they do uh, a good job with uh, WrestleMania's in that case at, at the time, and they do a good job now with the live event shows. You know they'll have a big wrestler come back. I remember they had The Undertaker come back for a show, a live show at WrestleMania. Sometimes they'll have a title change there as well for a mid-card title like the U.S. or the Intercontinental Championship, maybe even the tag team. So, you yeah, know, if you're ever in the city and it's Madison Square Garden, WWE has a show. You never know, something crazy might happen, and that's why you always sort of have to have to check it out. Also, 3:14. Uh, we're getting close to 3:16, which is Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, but 3:14 it's Pi Day. So happy Pi Day. Have yourself a slice if you want on this uh, fine, fine Sunday, but looking back at yesterday's Impact Sacrifice, uh, moving into our title matches now, Fire and Flavor versus Jordan Grace and Jazz for the Knockout Tag Team Championships. Fire and Flavor coming into this match as the champions. Good tag team dynamic by Fire and Flavor early on, but Grace and Jazz seem to be the more dominant first force early on into the match. Grace enters on a hot tag on Fire. And Grace's offense, however, is thwarted by illegal interference from Hogan on the outside. Fire and Flava pick up the win and retain the knockout tag team titles by using their great tag team experience. Uh, fire and Flava in this match proved to me that they can win big matches. And now I need to see that more from them uh, Keep as the ball keeps on rolling. They've beaten having and Avea and they've beaten Jordan Grace. And Jazz. So you beat two big tag teams in the Impact Tag Team Division uh, for the Knockouts. And uh, I can't name you a lot of other ones, to be honest with you right now, for the Impact uh, Knockouts Tag Team Division. So they got right past the two big ones right away. And now moving forward, I wonder who they're going to have to face next. Because I don't really have a lot of names to really go with here. Uh, if you're talking about Fire and Flava's next uh, challengers. But hey, it, as long as they keep on rolling through whoever's next, uh, I'm happy with their title reign as it currently stands. I had Jordan Grace and Jazz winning this one, given the fact that this division is a little bit thin currently at the moment, but they are making the most of it. And uh, just hoping that the knockout tag team championships don't go to the wayside, much like the WWE not, uh, women's tag team championship so we've just got to hope for the best for impact but as this show might prove is that they're not looking for the best entrance interest currently at the moment ace austin with madman fulton versus tjp for the x division championship tjp coming into this match as the champion great Matt wrestling early on tjp goes for a dive to the outside but connects with fulton austin gains control after a high jump to the outside of his own Great back and forth, ending in a double boot, dropping both men to the mat. This was midway through the match and it was really picking up the pace. Fulton acting like a coach on the outside, which is a very unexpected but cool dynamic between Austin and Fulton. You wouldn't really think about Fulton as more of a coach and think of him as the diesel power to Ace Austin. But for Fulton to act more like that coach sense, you know, pushing the ropes, trying to to coach uh, Austin through the match, telling him to roll away, roll away, roll towards him, uh, I thought that was a pretty cool dynamic there. Austin uses the ref to stop offense from TJP, and then Austin picks up the win and is the new X-Division champion. And good for Austin after all he's gone through. For, to get to this match, we remember that he won the uh, Super X Cup at Genesis, and this was way, way back. And I believe it was in the middle of January and, or it wasn't even December. I think it was January, Genesis, early January. And we we were all wondering at that point, uh, when was he going to get his title opportunity? Thankfully so, his title opportunity wasn't the night after Genesis or the show after Genesis. It came months at this point. Because uh, he was being built up to be a legitimate force for the X Division Championship, even though I felt like the tournament might have proved that already, he didn't. Then had to go through once again to find his way to number one contendership, and now is the X Division Champion. Good for him. He he went through the ringer for these past few few months, and a lot of people wondering was Ace Austin gonna be able to get to this title opportunity, even though he ran through everybody in that Super X Cup. So for him to finally hold that gold once again, uh, it's a proud moment for him and a little uh, bit of a shame for TJP. But I feel like he'll continue to be in the mix, and they need new main event talent at this point because we're running pretty low right now as it stands for Impact. And maybe some of the mid card guys will find their way up, and one of those guys could be could be TJP. Next match: Gianna Perazzo versus ODB Knockouts Championship. ODB and Perazzo. Uh, evenly matched early on with each using the their strengths to their advantage. So Diana Parrazzo trying to use some of her, of her agility and her speed. And ODB obviously using her strength. Referee kicks out Kimberly and Susan of ringside after blatantly getting involved. And when I say blatantly, uh, Kimberly... Like, kicked odb right in front of the referee's eyes and thankfully didn't stop the match because that would have been disappointed disappointing but for them to be thrown out i feel like that's a fair consequence as well and it makes sense to keep the match going and to continue back and forth uh with strong strong strikes uh, Perrazzo locks in the Venus de Milo and this is the first time in a long time I remember her doing this and then she retains the knockouts title as ODB taps out. I have Perrazzo winning this match. Uh, I didn't think ODB was ready yet or she passed her time for her to be the current knockouts champion and Deanna Perrazzo for to break out the submission hold. I felt like that was a, definitely a good time for it. I would have liked to have seen it at least one one time on the Infinite Matches that she's had on Impact against Jazz and Jordan Grace and Hogan and Steel, you know, all the matches that she's had in the past few weeks. I've liked to see her break it out once or twice so we remember that she has it, but it's nice to see maybe the specialty of it to break it out in a pay per view. Finn Juice versus the Good Brothers for the Impact Tag Team Championship. Good Brothers coming into this as the champions. Uh, Both teams showing off their double team prowess early on. Nasty spot with Finley's head hitting off of the top turnbuckle on an awkward fall. He seemed to be okay though throughout the match, but did look nasty early on. Robinson enters on a hot tag, but is unsuccessful picking up the pinfall. Finjuice fighting to stay in the match with a ton of great near falls. Finjuice connects with a Doomsday, doomsday device to pick up the win and are the new Impact Tag Team Champions wow 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 that's wow is probably a word you could say about this show but maybe not a wow in a good way i say wow here if you go back to the prediction show that came out yesterday i talked about what the good brothers currently mean to impact wrestling because not only do the good brothers appear on impact wrestling they also appear on aew holding those impact tag team championships thus currently waving the flag for impact wrestling saying that we are one of their guys we are one of the tag team we are the tag team champions of this show here is our logo come check out our show on Tuesday night if you want to see more of us go watch Tuesday night impact wrestling and now they're not going to be able to do that on AEW. It was free, literal free advertising to carry around those belts. And now it's a shame that they won't be able to do that. This, I, the, the example I pinned to it, and maybe not to the same extent, and honestly I might think this person might have even a bigger reach, is Bad Bunny. You might look at me like I'm crazy because I'm comparing Bad Bunny to the Good Brothers. But you have to hear me out here because they both were serving the same purpose when it came to marketing the show. Uh, when it came to the WWE, Bad Bunny held the most inconsequential title that there is, the 24-7 title, and there's no problem putting that on a celebrity at all, in my opinion. And then you take that Bad Bunny, he goes wherever he needs to go, goes Saturday Night Live, he goes to the Grammys, he goes to wherever he needs, a concert, anything, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. And he's holding on to that 24-7 title. He's waving the flag of the WWE wherever he goes. Saying, I am I am a part of this. Come check out our show. Come check out WrestleMania. That's right around the corner. Now, with Impact, that was the same thing with the Good Brothers. Go wherever they went. Those titles went. Come check out our show. We're currently waving the flag. Now, they won't be able to do that. I'm not saying this is a, a bad thing as a whole. I think this is fantastic for Finjuice they're a team coming from New Japan and maybe they'll bring the titles back to New Japan they'll wave the flag over there and that could definitely work But and, and you gain that Japanese audience but I think the more important one right now is AEW and maybe did you already gain that from Kenny Omega and is it sustaining? that's yet to be seen especially if this whole thing collapses in any way but uh, I think it's not a good move for impact I think if if the Good Brothers weren't a part of the AEW storyline as well. I would have no problem with this match. I think it would actually be fantastic for Finn Juice as a whole. If, if, Especially for the fact with their connection with New Japan. But given the fact that the Good Brothers do have intense connection with AEW. I think it's pretty bad for Impact to, to disconnect that there. Moving on to our main event of the evening. Rich Swan versus Moose. In a world title unification match. Uh, the Impact World Championship currently by Rich Swan and Moose holding the TNA World Heavyweight Championship uh, this is the first time in my notes I have a really I have a nice notebook that I write down all my notes in for all the shows and you know uh, it's a good log of what I've been through for the past month it feels like now of uh, everything that has been pro wrestling for me and it's the first time that I have two C's next to each other Rich Swan, the champion versus Moose the champion in a unification match and it's a Probably the first time in a, in a while we've seen a unification match. Uh, we think we, I think I saw one. What was it? MLW that they had a MLW MLW like cruiserweight or middleweight uh, unification match with uh, AAA. So that was a little bit while back though. That was in February, and now we're seeing a well a world title unification match here. Action falls outside early on with Moose being driven into the ring post. Multiple times uh, Moose bullying Rich Swan back in the ring and Moose grabs a chair which is illegal in this match this is not no disqualifications it's a normal title match but he props the chair up in the corner wedging it between the top and middle rope and is stopped by the from the official from proceeding on using it. A great visual of Moose ripping at Swan's hair on the outside that was wrapped in the uh, barricade. I thought that was a really, really nice look there. Especially Rich Swan's eyes almost popping out of his head and him screaming for dear life. An absolutely fantastic spot with Moose going for a step-up moonsault and getting caught with a cutter from Rich Swan. Moose kicks out at one in that. And then Moose connects with a fall away moonsault slam from the top rope. Let me repeat that one more time. Moose connects with a fall away moonsault slam from the top rope. And this confirms for me that Moose is the greatest big man in professional wrestling today. You could call me crazy, I don't think I'm crazy. Moose can do it all and is being booked as if he can do it all in the matches itself. He is able to pull out all the stops. And he doesn't have a cap or a limit to what he can do. Unlike how we've seen other professional wrestlers have the cap to what they can do. Like Cough Cough Keith Lee in the main roster at the moment. And we haven't even seen Keith Lee in a long time. But Moose, one of the most athletic and entertaining big men I've seen in a long, long time. That steals the show, honestly. Uh, Moose gets overzealous and runs into the steel chair. And then gets rolled up. Moose wins and becomes the new Unified World Champion. So Rich Swan is going to go on and face Kenny Omega at Rebellion. And I'm so, so upset. I'm so, so upset. Because I really wanted to see Moose here. I really wanted to see Moose win this match, go on and face Kenny Omega, and I would have been okay with him losing against Kenny Omega because I know it would have been a good match. I know how much people love Rich Swan, and I get it. You know, a guy that makes it out and finally finds some great success and impact, and they put the world title on him for Impact Wrestling. I, I get it. I get it. But Moose, I feel like, would have been the better decision here because when the time comes for Kenny Omega to uh, kenny Kenny is going to win this match no matter what. There's no way Kenny Omega walks out of Rebellion not holding Impact's World Championship. That, that's my guess right now. I think Kenny Omega is going to be a world beater at this point. But I feel like they disrespected Moose in this sense. Given the match that they had at Hard to Kill. Given that he had to step in last minute and stole the show. Given all the work that he's put in in this build to this match at Sacrifice. That he every ounce Blood, piece of blood that they had going into this and Rich Swan fooling around with Tommy dreamer and all the stuff like that I feel like Rich Swan didn't deserve this moment against Kenny I feel like moose really did I feel like moose did and if you want to talk about it from a booking perspective even that moose would have been the better choice as well given the fact that if you now if you need a savior for impact wrestling who's it gonna be it can't be Rich Swan given that he's gonna lose it to Omega right? So let it be Moose that loses it, and Rich Swan that gets it back for Impact, right? I feel like that makes a lot more sense, given the fact that he's the babyface in this situation, and Moose is not. I maybe I'm just so so high on Moose, and he's one of my favorite professional wrestlers right now, that it's disappointing to see him not hold uh, both these championships, and just honestly not be the Impact World Champion, because I feel like that's what he currently deserves for all that he's done for Impact Wrestling. In one of the biggest moments in Impact Wrestling history. As they get closer and closer. Now having a title match against Kenny Omega. With both titles on the line. I feel like Moose deserved it. I feel like Moose deserved it. I'm not asking him to go on and face Kenny Omega to win the AEW. I'm not asking for that. I'm just asking for him to be recognized in that sense. To be the one to go against Kenny Omega. But looks like we're not going to see that. I feel like Moose really really deserves better than that. Because now what's what's next for Moose? What's next for Moose? It's not like he's going to have another title match. Right? So he's going to find his way into a feud. Hope this feud makes somewhat sense. And it obviously going to have to be a grudge feud. And uh, I hope he continues to put on great matches. And is not discouraged by this. Because he is a, a true talent. And one of my favorite professional wrestlers right now. Period. No matter what brand. I can only imagine what he would do in AEW. I can only imagine what he could do in WWE if they let him fly. Same thing with Keith Lee, if they let him fly. So, we'll see what happens with that. But, a little disappointed by this pay-per-view to be honest with you. Uh, Not, well, uh, what I will say is this. From a booking perspective as well, as overall, as uh, as a show, looking at this show in a bubble, uh, I think they did a good job. I think... Uh, the FinJuice decision was pretty good for FinJuice. Uh, Rich Swan, I feel like it's a consistent choice. It's not, it's nothing risky. Uh, I, I just think they did a bad job logistic wise, for looking ahead in the future, for what they're, what they're trying to do and expand impact. I feel like they did a poor job at that. But I'm gonna give the show a C plus, and. And once again, it has nothing to do with some of this booking. Some of it was good. Some of it was pretty bad. That's why I sort of fall in the middle with it for this show. And and, and usually, and I I try to calm myself down before making this because I would have given an F honestly of how mad I was with Moose. feeling. just honest, honest disrespect. You know, and, and it's not like we all know Moose could beat Rich Swan in a fight. It's not about that. What it's more about is that this man deserved a promotion and he deserved a push and he didn't get it. He didn't get it. And I feel like this match was not his wor- worthy of a push. As I think he was more deserving of a push against Kenny Omega. But we're going to have to see going forward. what, How everything pans out for Impact. Because I scratch my head all the time. But Rebellion will be very showing. Very very showing with Impact and how it looks. But they put together good cards. I will say that as well. It can't be too mad at Impact. Because I know they're trying at least. But... You got to look a little bit further ahead, at least I think. I could be the one in the dark here, but I feel like they should be looking a little bit further ahead and and where everyone stands in their company. And if For the Good Brothers to lose their belts right now is tough. That's really, really tough. Especially now if we go see the Good Brothers on AEW, what does that even mean anymore for them to be there? Because now they're just there to be there, they're not there to promote impact. Which is pretty much the point for them being there. They let all the guys from AEW come over to Impact. Some of the Impact guys got to go over to AEW at some point. And for them to not carry the Impact flag. Not, not fun. Not fun. But yeah C++ uh, wasn't all bad. But it wasn't all great either. Especially given the fact that I paid for this show too. So that that's also leaves a sour, slightly sour taste. Looking over to our next episode of the Daily DDT Podcast, as I mentioned to you, I'm going to go start talking a little bit about COVID and pro wrestling through 2020. How did these companies react? What did they do to try to walk the razor blade and make their way through uncharted waters of putting on professional wrestling, a sporting event, or just a live event at that through a global pandemic where... It seemed like it, it was doomed for many, but uh, safe for some. And safe it was for professional wrestling, at least on a major scale. As we all know, the independents have definitely, definitely struggled. But we're going to get into that on our next episode. And it should be a fun talking about it. I didn't want to save that type of topic for a 15-minute segment towards the back end of the show. I wanted really to make this a full thing because it, we all live through it. And now, I wouldn't say we're in the retro spec uh, point of view, especially given the fact that we're still in the Thunderdome and you know, Impact still doesn't have, no one has fans yet except the AEW and it's sparingly amount and they're still at Daily's Place. They haven't expanded from there. You know, Ring of Honor, even though they could sell tickets and because they are in Baltimore, they haven't sold any yet. They haven't released any yet, I should say. So we definitely will see, but I feel we will go in depth in our next episode, which should be. Uh, a, a good look back of, of what we went through, in the, especially in the early parts of COVID in around this time last year in April and all that. But that's all from me. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.